Hello all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to an episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And I'm Lee. And today we're going to be talking about the 2020 film Wonder Woman 1984. Starring Gail Godot, Chris Pine, and what's her name? Christine Wig? Kristen, Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig? Wig. Yes. I always, hear her, I always hear her last name pronounced as Wig. Yeah, it's Wig. Okay. But uh, you, if, you, if you say it, like, there's an extra I in there, so I like to go Wig. Well, I mean, fine. if you think about it, just like, Kristen Wiig, <laughs> and uh, not to mention call it Pe- an accent. Not, <laughs> not to mention Pedro Pascal. Um, oh yeah, was oh he boy. in that? Oh jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hmm. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with this film. I'm, <laughs> I'm torn in so many different directions. Normally, I am not a person who I don't enjoy comedies as much as you do. But when mm-hmm. this movie was trying to be funny, it really hit, and I did laugh out loud a couple of times, but everything mm-hmm. else was just, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, right. It's, it's polarizing, and the internet says mm-hmm. that it's polarizing, so I'm going to go along with that. It's very torn. Uh, ah. The film was written and directed by Patty Jenkins, and she directed the first one. I do not believe she wrote the first one. She's not credited as writing. That's more uh, Zack Snyder. Which mm-hmm. it's really weird that Zack Snyder did a better job. I, I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder or, or his writing style, but it's just the first movie was very good. The first movie came out, and there was all this. I remember when the first movie came out, and there was all this optimism surrounding DC because of like just the colossal failure of Batman v Superman. Right. And then this movie came along and was like, "Ooh, this is what DC should do. They should, you know, focus on on these central characters and and build them up and." They did that with this, and then 84 came out, and, I mean, the movie opens up, and I'm super excited when the movie first opens up because it is so 80s. It's it's Pascal mm-hmm. colors. It's loud colors within fashion. It's the music, and spandex are everywhere, and just, it's it was really, it, it nailed that. It nailed the time era. It nailed everything for the music and just the background the 80s is a character in this movie, and I really appreciated the way that that happened, but everything else, like the villain of this movie, it was so over the top. A, 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 oh, yeah. A, the, the wishes. Oh, so 80s. Yeah. The wishes. And then Christine Wig. it reminded Kristen. me. Kristen. Christine. I, I don't care. Kristen Wig. I do. Good for you. Kristen Wig. she reminded me of Topher Grace. From Spider-Man Three, like her character in a nutshell was Topher Grace in Spider-Man Three, and I was like, "That's if that's what they were going for, they nailed it." You know, just that jealous person in the background who gets absolutely no attention and then lucks their way into all of these powers that they have no idea what to do. Like, boom. Um, so that's yeah, how that, yeah. that's pretty much how I feel about this movie in a nutshell. Um, bottom line, I I don't think I liked it. <laughs> um, I watched it the night that it dropped, so I watched it Christmas night. And I really didn't pay attention to it. It was just kind of in the background, and I was back and forth. And then I knew that we were going to be talking about it, so I sat down and I watched it over again over the weekend, and I realized that I did not have to watch it a second time. There was nothing that I missed Mm -hmm. my first time around with this. So that's my thoughts on it. What are yours? Meh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. Honestly, um, so... Let's put it this way, just to kind of get a good background of the whole thing. So I know when you and I talked about, like, hey, let's do Wonder Woman, or hey, let's do Thor, we said, let's just talk about, like, maybe the, just, like, the trilogy, or, you know, like, the 
you know, the movie and then a sequel, or whatever, just kind of have like a background of it. I mean, we could do that, but in reality, like, let's just talk about what's going on with Wonder Woman 84 right now. But I did watch Wonder Woman 1984 and say, you know what? For what it was, and for it being DC, still better than Justice League, you know, like, or at least the Justice League we've seen, still better than Batman v Superman. You know, I had to, um, I had to go into it with completely fresh eyes. Um, at first I didn't, <clears throat> but halfway through the movie, or maybe, maybe a third of the way through the movie, I started to, excuse me, I gotta, <coughs> there we go, I'm alive. Um, I think going into it after my first impression of the first Wonder Woman film, um, the uh, first Gal Gadot uh, Wonder Woman film, when I saw that, I think I saw a really bad quality of that one, and <clears throat> it was it was really hard to understand what was going on. Like when there was a scene where they were in like a cave or something, it was or some some dark place. I couldn't see a thing, and I'm like, well, this kind of ruins the whole scene for me. And the rest of the movie. It was really like that, so I saw it with bad quality. It wasn't HD, and I um, it ruined it for me. So I watched Wonder Woman '84, said, "You know what? That wasn't too bad." And then the next day, I kind of threw it, uh, threw on Wonder Woman while I was working, and had a deeper, or we'll say a, not a deeper, but more of appreciation for what it was. Um, so I think one big thing, and it's something that even Patty Jenkins mentioned. Um, is she did not want the first movie to end that way. I don't know if you've looked that up or anything, but she was really upset with the way the studio was basically saying, oh, just do this and, like, fireworks and boom, boom, boom. Like, she didn't want us to ever, like, she didn't want Wonder Woman to ever have to face Ares like that on that level. Mm-hmm. Because, <clears throat> and, and if you think about it, it's like, yeah, it did kind of seem very out of place, and that's what I didn't like about the movie the first time, is that it just seemed like they just kind of came up with this baloney ending with, um you know, Mr. British Mustache over there, and that, here you go, like, wait, so he's Ares, and this is how, how it is? Okay, so, I, I don't understand how that's gonna make any sense, but anyway, it's just, <clears throat> yeah, they, they dropped the ball there, and that could, if they fix the ending the way that Patty wanted to do it, I'm pretty certain that that whole movie could have been redeemed. Okay. You know, um, that's my opinion on, on the first one. The second one, I think, all things considered, with what they were doing with it, with them making the 80s itself as its own character, I definitely agree with that that way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was done it was done well. I mean, obviously, in the past 10 years, the 80s has been like the big thing. I mean, back in the 80s, it was the 60s, you know, and it's just like every like all these different eras that go by. There's a there's a new like here's what we're focusing. Here's when we're making movies, you know, and I don't know, it's, at first I was really upset, like, it's a gimmick, it's a gimmick, you know, you get Stranger Things, and I'm like, I'm not really interested in something that just throws the 80s at you, and then there was the new It movie, you know, or the the, the actual movie, you know, It, um, It in part two, and that was all just like a big joke on the 80s, um, but altogether it's like, eh, how am I gonna feel about it when they do a Wonder Woman thing? I'm like, well, let's just see. So I went into this saying, I, I really... I, I'm just watching this because Will wants to watch it. <laughs> and by the end, I said, you know what? That was not bad for DC. So as watching it, it, I think the hardest thing for me, and you can totally understand and agree because you know how I am, taking 
taking this as a superhero movie that is not part of the MCU is really hard for me because of what how I feel about what the MCU has done for superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So DC has really dropped the ball. The best thing that's come out of DC in the past, you know, 10 plus years or I mean 10, 10, 15 years has been the Dark Knight trilogy. But that's because it was Christopher Nolan backing it up. Right. You know, and that's that's that. But then uh, I really I, I don't want to keep pooping on Zack Snyder, but I've just I've never really cared for the things that have come out from Zack Snyder. Great ideas, great concepts. They could be going somewhere. But just there's something I still can't pinpoint that I don't like about it. it it's a weird grittiness. It could even just be the way that, that the lighting is in those movies. I don't know. Something just doesn't sit right with me. But this movie was like, I, I'd say it's up there with Aquaman. <laughs> Okay. And that's not a bad thing. Okay. I mean, I didn't. Again, I had to take it out and say, you know what? Let's just imagine the MCU was never created, and I'm watching a superhero movie. Is this movie okay? Yeah, it's okay. And that's that's how I felt about this. It had some cool parts. It had some funny parts. It had some parts that were exciting. Some parts that were like, well, duh, you know. But I'll definitely say I didn't expect it to be basically Wishmaster Five, you know, <laughs> '80s edition. Right. You know, that's not what I expected. I mean, wishes, I'm like, this is the weirdest concept to <laughs> to put in a superhero movie. Um, and again, it kind of, it's, it's what steers me more towards the MCU, where it's like, the MCU would never have a wish stone. And they would never have somebody who becomes the wish stone. Right. You know, now... They do have power stones and somebody who becomes the power stone. Thanos. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, the Infinity Stones, rather. But that's, I guess that's a little bit different. But they're not wishes. I wish for this. But, again, taking it out of the concept of, of thinking, it in, thinking of it and comparing it with the other superhero films that have come out in the past 12 years, this was not bad. And the, and the way they did the wishing thing was interesting. I like the way that he was that he was kind of like persuading people into making these wishes and then being like, "Yep, good, you did it. And now I'm going to take this." You know, "Oh, you're going to do that? Well, fine. Then I'll take this." You know, like he did a lot of it was the whole be careful what you wish for thing. Mm-hmm. But the take on it was a, was slightly different than some of the other stories I've seen that have that as a main theme. And again, Pedro Pascal, it, it's going to be very difficult to look at him <laughs> the same again after seeing him in this movie. Life is good, but it could be better. You know, I I just <laughs> just after after this is the way for the past two years, we get this. I'm like, whew. I mean, maybe things would be different if I if I watched Game Game of Thrones and saw him get his head head caved in and there, you know. But no, I mean, he he's the Mandalorian. Well, I'm I'm uh, that's 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 where I come into that. I'm used to Pedro Pascal in his face and his acting style. I. Right. I can safely say that I like him a lot better in The Mandalorian than I've liked him in either Game of Thrones or this. He he's mm-hmm. his acting style is very over the top and and this is no oh, exception. Yeah. Very over the top mm-hmm. and I'm going to go out there and say I didn't like it. I didn't like the way yeah. that he was doing his thing in this movie. Um mm. and I I hate comparing everything to the MCU. So I, I, I I'm going <laughs> to I try really hard not to do that. But I understand why you do. Um, the issues that I have with this movie are one, the wishing, and two mm. is Kristen Wiig 
and just how ridiculous her character descended into. She basically becomes Catwoman. And then Oh yeah. It it was what are what are we doing? And another problem that I had, and let's just get all over the place with this. So at a point in this movie, Diana learns how to fly. And I'm asking mm. myself, did she forget how to fly somewhere in between <laughs> this and and Justice League or Batman v Superman? Like, is there going right. to be another prequel movie with her, like in sometime in the '90s, where she just takes a bump on the noggin and then she forgets flight? Because you know what, I'm maybe, really hoping that that's maybe be Superman gave her a kiss. Maybe Superman kissed her. The kiss of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So she's Margot Kidder. So she's Margot Kidder now. <laughs> I don't know. Oh boy. But that was like a yeah. big. That was a big thing with me. I'm like, she's gonna fly. I'm like, when they when they. So when her and Chris Pine were in the plane, and she's like, I don't understand flight, and he's going on about how easy it is, and it's catching the wind, and no. I'm like, she's gonna fly in this movie. They're they're gonna have her fly mm-hmm. by the end of this thing. And sure enough, she learns flight, but it doesn't make any sense because that's never brought up in either of the the well the present day films that we have with her in it it just it's very weird like why was this element of wonder woman shoehorned into this movie that takes place in 1984 why what right. happened am i supposed to no, be I asking didn't, am i supposed to be asking I, I didn't what happened see, i didn't see why it was even necessary to add flight into it i understand maybe her taking on that armor and somehow gives her you know, and an advanced ability to fly as well. That's another thing. If you, if you say that there's no point in her flying, fine. But what's the point of the armor then? <laughs> I know. I know. Like, by the time she puts on the armor, she has her powers back, and she's arguably a little bit stronger than she was before. So what's the point in this armor? It it, it almost served no purpose. It, it was just, yeah. um, Catwoman is going to beat me and destroy these wings. That's 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 the mm-hmm. point. And it, it didn't make any sense. It made yep. zero sense, and I was just asking myself a lot of questions by the end of that. Um, did you turn it off right when the credits started rolling? No, I don't think so. I think I waited. Okay, so um, what's her name shows up? I'm blanking on her name. Oh, my God. I thought I waited. I don't let you're gonna me, have to remind me. Yeah, let me find out her. <coughs> Where is it? She's in. She's in the post credits. She's in the post credits. This is the most exciting part of our podcast, everybody. Let's, All right, when there's dead space that I'm going yes. to edit out. <laughs> no, no, you're just going to add in the, the Jeopardy theme is what you're going to do. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, oh, my God, what is her name? The original Wonder Woman. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. Linda Carter. Linda, thank you, Linda Carter. So she yeah. shows up at the end of this thing, and I'm like, Okay, that's a cool nod to the TV show yeah. and to Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, it was cool. It was cool not just because she just randomly showed up there, but they explained who she was. She was the one who who had that armor before. She's like the the legend of the Amazons. Mm-hmm. I like that they worked it into it that way, <clears throat> and not just like some random like, hey, they put her in there. I wonder what that's gonna mean. Like they they made her into the story we just watched. Right. I like that. Which, I mean, so, it was a great touch. I liked it, too. I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. So yeah. let's just let's just get into it a little bit. The movie begins with a very Quidditch. young... Huh? <laughs> Quidditch. 
<laughs> the movie begins. <laughs> the movie begins. Are we watching Quidditch or American Ninja out. Warrior? I thought it was American Ninja Warrior. That's exactly where my mind went. It's I'm like, okay, thing. this is a really cool obstacle, but this is like, this is so like just Japanese style obstacle course mm-hmm. that we're watching right here. And okay, I'm I'm with it. It teaches. It, it she ends up cheating because she gets knocked off of her horse. And I'm like, okay, that's a good lesson to learn at the beginning of this movie that you can't cheat your way through life. Cool. It never comes up in the movie, though. <laughs> like, the lesson of not cheating your way through life doesn't really add to the plot. So I'm wondering, by the end of this thing, what was the point in the beginning of the movie? Was it just to show that she's been strong since a young age? And if that's mm-hmm. the case, they accomplished that in the first movie when, you know, they showed how driven she was to become a warrior. Um, it was great. It it looked fantastic. The way that they have her homeland, and I'm I'm blanking on the name of her homeland. Do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, her homeland there, and it's beautiful. Like the way that it's shot, the way that it just looks, the way that there's just sunlight everywhere that just beams down on all over. Every I'm wondering if they used natural lighting to film this because it's it's phenomenal looking and i can't i can't really say enough about that but she gets knocked mm-hmm. off her of her horse and she ends up you know finding a shortcut and the lesson is don't shortcut your way through life and okay cool is that whatever i'll move on yeah i mean i don't know how to pronounce the muscaria or the muscaria yeah that's something like that yeah i mean i was trying to figure that's why i was like Did you know what i'm like i, I know it but i don't know how to pronounce it i yeah. didn't want to butcher the name <laughs> well it's like for the longest time just like how do you say molnir you know <laughs> like, how do you how do you name the hammer that thor has i'm like molnir molnir yeah molnir okay there we go let's i mean whatever it is what it is now he's got the uh the titan killer or whatever it was the Stormbreaker, Stormbringer. Mm-hmm. yeah anyway of yeah. course, I'm going to drift back into MCU. After, anyway. <laughs> after 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 the opening scene, we cut straight to the 80s. And like I said before, it is tube televisions, spandex, loud color. And, you know, and oh, you, yeah. you get a you get a little you get a little Ferris Bueller's Day Off reference with the two kids driving in that really uh, that Thunderbird. And they're just uh-huh. ripping through town. I thought that was actually kind of cool. You know, that's that's a little yeah. that's a little subtle nod that I appreciated. This movie wasn't over the top with its references. It tried to be its own thing. Which was kind of cool. I mean, that was that was the nod to what? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, um, with the two with the I two think kids. It's, it's, it's from it's from a few other things. I remember. I recall something else where it was it was two kids driving around in a in a fast car and almost taking somebody out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just Ferris Bueller. I mean, Ferris Bueller obviously was the two garage guys who stole the uh, stole the car and drove right. that thing around. That's, well, that's that was that's yeah. just where my mind automatically went. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's been used in a few other movies in that decade, and it was just. It was like an overdone cliche. So I think that's where I was getting the nod. It was like it was just an '80s in general nod, '80s movies in general, or even shows where somebody steps in and saves somebody who's about to get hurt. But she just kicks the car into a spinout. I know. <laughs> she just <Oof>. walks. <laughs> it was. It was ridiculous, and you're like, uh, what? And then she just kind of goes on her merry way, and I'm like. All right. Well, she's Wonder Woman, so I believe that she could kick a car out. Like, come on. I know. I know, but it's just... The weird thing to me is she's not ever hiding. Yeah. And she should I mean, are they going to say that, that like... (laughs) I 
don't understand. Like, okay, so um, in this in this heist scene, in this heist scene where they're you know the two guys they're in there and they're in the back because it's a shady you know shady business where they have backroom deals going on. You see the monkey's paw mm-hmm. and that sets up the rest of the movie. So mm-hmm. Diana actually she's in the mall and I think this is the scene where she actually goes to the trouble of using her you know tiara to take out a whole bunch of security cameras. Right. So she's hiding from the security cameras, but she's not hiding from the hundreds of people around her right now that can clearly see her. Right. Well, the good news is back then they didn't have cell phones that could take a snapshot. So uh, I guess that helps. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you still have a whole bunch of people who can go and tell the story. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think I, I totally agree with you. And that's what my whole point is. I don't understand how. I mean,. We can go back to Superman again because I, I've been saying this forever. With the amount of stuff that happens in the show Smallville, how are we supposed to believe this whole like weird thing that people don't recognize that Superman is Clark Kent? <laughs> the only theory that, that stands in there is that everybody from Smallville is just keeping it secret. They're saying, oh, that's him, but he's doing a good job, so I won't say anything. And I'm like, that is highly unlikely. That is very unlikely. But that's a reach. it makes a lot more sense than just saying people don't recognize him because yeah, I'm, I'm more than halfway through the series. I'm, I'm, I'm really slowing down with it because I'm, I'm losing traction. It's just not keeping me interested. But again, I throw it on while I work. If I'm not, like, super busy, I'll, I'll kind of have it on in the background. But uh, the past couple weeks have been a little nutty. So, um. It's uh, it's it's just ridiculous to me that these characters can just do. I mean, Tony Stark, when he admitted he was Iron Man, he had threats against his life. You know, that was still a thing. But nothing for, for. I mean, I understand that they're they're like you know, superhuman, Wonder Woman and Superman. But really, like, it's pretty obvious who these people are. Yeah, they have. They're really not really disguises. hiding it well. No, of course yeah. not. But <laughs> I guess the difference is. Um, it's not just glasses that Superman wears. He also parts his hair the other way. I'm like, right. <laughs> it's the, the parts on the other side, and that would fool anybody. I'm like, oh, because people don't really have symmetrical faces, so it looks different. Uh, okay, yeah, I've parted my hair the other way before, but uh, you can still clearly tell it's me. So Whatever. Uh, we move forward a little bit, and right before we're introduced to Christine Wig and her character... She's doing like this little jog down like a little pathway. And one of the funniest things that I saw, like I like I like theater of the absurd in a lot of my movies. Mm -hmm. And this had one of them. This guy in a full suit, a full (laughs) dress suit is just riding a bike with the most serious face (laughs) in this entire movie. And I just thought that that was so funny. I, I rewound that like three or four times because I just thought it was so ridiculous. That this guy in a full suit, serious face, is just riding his bike like it's everything is normal. You don't see that. I don't even know if you saw that in the eighties. Maybe you no, did. I don't know. That's it was that was just that was just weird to me. And then you know what? Maybe maybe that's just a little Easter egg that's going to lead to something somewhere later on in DC, where you find out, you know, that he was just like some dude like watching things, and he's just like riding his bike going by. I think scoping stuff out. <laughs> I think if you're leaning in that direction, you're giving DC way too much credit. I know. I'm just trying to help them out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You just you're not cutting it. I'm just trying to give you a little help here. So anyway, she's <clears throat> Kristen Wig. Is she's congratulations. Thank you. 
She uh, she drops <laughs> a bunch of papers. She can't walk in her heels. This is very cliche. I'm jealous of you because you're better than I am. Character. I, this has been this character has been done to death in movies. This character mm-hmm. has been done to death in superhero movies. And I brought up mm-hmm. Topher Grace at the beginning of this. I'm gonna go out and say I believe that was the foundation of. Jamie Foxx's character in one of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, you would be able to speak a little bit more to that because you've seen that movie all the way through. I quit like maybe 20 minutes into that movie. I just shut it off. I I knew that I wasn't yeah. going to like it. I didn't even bother continuing. She's, well, you're going to have to watch it now. Thank you. <laughs> I, I know, right? I'm going to... Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Not looking forward to that. <clears throat> so we get the monkey's paw and... This guy with a ponytail comes over and hears that these two are talking about wishes and it grants wishes and they don't really know what it's about and he wishes for a coffee and boom, he gets a coffee. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Nothing? Yep. Nothing here? No? And, then when, and then you sit there and you go, oh boy, that's what's going on here? Yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> that's that's going to be this movie? Like wishes? And, and, I, and I, I, was, I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, this will play a part. Maybe this will just play a part. But then I remember somebody who kind of ruined it for me, um, who said they they brought up Wishmaster in comparison. And I'm just like, oh, that is true. OK, <laughs> like as soon as I saw that, I'm just like, I really hope that they were just talking about a section of it. And it's not all Wishmaster based. But here we are. Have so, you seen Wishmaster? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's a bad horror movie. Is it a very bad horror movie? Well, at one point, it, it's all about being careful what you wish for. And one scene he's in prison. Or you know, the Wishmaster is in prison, and it, you know his deed is basically—I mean, his plan is just to go around and grant these wishes and you know torture people in a way or whatever. It's—it's—it's a—it's a bad horror movie. You don't need to watch it. <laughs> Nobody needs to watch it. <laughs> but this guy is like—he's like, "Oh, I heard you had a wish," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I wish I could walk right through those bars." And he's like, "What was that?" He's like, "I wish I could go right through those bars," and he went right through those bars. That's funny. <laughs> but not in like some, like, oh, he just phased through them in the most gruesome, disgusting way you can possibly think. He okay. went through those bars. <laughs> and it was like, ew, ew. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's and that's what that was all about. So, I mean, sorry to take it down this dark rabbit hole, but nah, go yes, ahead, don't man. watch Wishmaster. Don't, okay. watch, don't watch the Wishmaster. <laughs> okay. Um, disgusting. Deanna, but um, the concept here, and it kind of goes back down to the whole thing. There was a couple of very key points in these movies, I think, uh, as far as like you know morals and themes. Is one is be careful what you wish for, and the other one is about the truth. You know, they were really pushing the truth is enough. You know, right. it's a it's a beautiful thing, the truth, and you know the really that that lasso thing was really like coming into play here a lot. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was that's what they were trying to do here, and. Again, much better take on the be careful what you wish for. Not just saying, hey, you know, you'll get bad things if you're lazy and selfish. It's more like you, you need to you need to live in truth. So, so sorry, I'll let you go. We're, 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 we're talking about, we're talking about, well, I was talking about, you know, really bad cliches. So Wonder Woman picks up this rock and she closes her eyes and she clearly makes a wish and you get this really bad fan effect that's also uh-huh. been done to death in a lot of movies and I'm just like okay <laughs> and this isn't this isn't raising an eyebrow for you like you've been alive for how many years and hmm my hair just blew because I wished for something and this thing is okay what to, that should have been like 
Like, I want some originality. And I feel like li- pointing out little cliches like that in movies nowadays would be different. Like, that should have been, like, a big red flag. And I'm just, I don't know. That's just that's just me and a pet peeve that I have about cliché storytelling mechanics. And that's just one of them that I, I've hated for a long time. And I just, I just want that to go away. But she clearly wishes for her boyfriend to come back. And then his watch starts ticking. I don't understand the significance of the watch. Well, it's just, it just, just like, it just randomly begins symbolism. to tick. Yeah, it's just symbolism. Symbolism. Okay, the the battery in that thing, I'm pretty sure, has been long dead, or at the very uh-huh. least, she has not wound this thing in years, uh, and it just begins to tick. Uh, dude, magic dreamstone. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got Superman who can just make up powers whenever he wants. And Magic Dreamstone. Okay. Right. Yep. That's all I got to say. Again, I, I walked into this movie just going, you know what? It's DC. Eh. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So we're introduced to... Max Lord. Max Lord, who's yeah very interested in this stone. I'm wondering how he heard about it. That's something that was kind of dropped. It was never really discussed in the movie at all like how does he know about the stone and how does he how does he know that it's real like there there has to be something a little bit more to this background than just he read about it in a book and he's really hedging all of his bets that this wish stone is legit is it just me yeah yeah maybe well i mean it's just like the it's just like the dude in um in civil war you know, who did his studying and found everything he needed in order to obtain it. I mean, there's tons of things like that where the bad guy has studied for years to find, you know, the answer, and then they just perseverate on it. You know, they're, they're fixated. They're, that's their goal. It's like, here's, I'm going to start all this stuff, and then once I have this thing, I can run with it. You know, and it, it's funny because he, he really just had this drive, you know, that life is good, but it could be better. You know, like that was it. Like, let me get everything ready. And then, but he was so driven to know that he would find the stone. But it was strange to me the way he found the stone because he didn't find it. He stumbled upon it, Mm. basically. And he's like, oh, here it is. Oh, wow. Let me get into her office. I was like, huh, that's how you get it after you've been studying and, and just expecting it to fall into your lap somehow. And it did. Well, okay. Maybe he already had some sort of wish power in the first place because that's pretty uncanny <laughs> that he would just bump into it anywhere in the world and it shows up right in the town that he's in already. Okay. Well, I think I think it is implied that he bought, purchased this thing because his name is at the bottom of the box. So that I oh, can right, right, so right. that I can believe that it would be in this town, like you know, black market. It was shipped there. He's gonna go pick it up, but the FBI gets involved, and or or there was a heist to gotcha. to, to grab it and everything. So that I can, that I can buy. It's just I do remember that part. My whole thing, my my whole my whole thing was just he's fixated on this thing, and I'm I'm just like I'm always baffled when this comes up. Like, you're fixated on this element, and you have no idea whether or not it works, but lo and behold, oh my god, it's real. I'm, I'm, I'm harping on it. I'm harping on it a little bit. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. So I skipped over, I skipped over Kristen Wiig's uh, wish. She just so happens to wish to become Diana. 
and everything that comes along with that, which we will see. And she falls asleep. She can wake up and all of a sudden she's good in heels and she's looking great. She looks no different, but she's turning heads in the office like it's nothing. It's it's kind of cool, to be honest with you. Like it's showing it's showing it. They're actually doing a good job at showing that this thing is legit and it's actually very powerful, which. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Fine. Max Lord's trying to get into the office. It's not going to happen. He gets back to his office and you realize that he's broke. He he got nothing. He's a complete con man, which mm-hmm. is really weird. I I figured he would have had a little bit more of his life together at this point, but whatever. Yeah. I I like the way they did that though. You don't see it much, you know. You can see somebody who's like tanking a bit, but he was just broke to begin with. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like he was just like banking on on getting this stone and everything working out in his favor. So he just threw everything he had and everything he could suck out of others into it. It's it's a little out there, but I thought it was, you know, you don't see it often. So I thought that was a little different. Mm, yeah. Uh, let's skip forward a little bit to when Chris Pine shows back up and he's not Chris Pine. He's somebody else, just a different face. But he's he's Chris Pine. Like they show that for like two seconds, and then the camera pans around, and oh, he's Chris Pine. Um. Okay. What was the point in bringing him back into this movie? Um. Like, uh, and I'm asking because I'm I'm wondering like what purpose does he serve other than to kind of be Wonder Woman's backup when she needs it? Well, I mean, there was that. Um, might have been a contractual obligation as well. Um, <laughs> you're just going, but, you're just going full on, like, well, contracts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in reality, I mean, like, I get why they did it. She needed closure. She clearly didn't get her closure. She needed her closure. Mm-hmm. They did it this way. But I'm sorry. It was a bit creepy. Some random, I mean, just like some random dude. Some random dude, he he woke up in some random other guy's body. Okay. And, you know, once she realizes it's him, she can see right through it, and she can see only him. And then we see only him. Um, my wife actually watched um, maybe two-thirds of this movie with me, and she was very confused and didn't understand. She goes, why? I don't think she, she paid attention to the beginning to see that it was not him, and then she th- realized it was him. Mm-hmm. So when she saw the guy at the end, she goes, who's this guy? And I'm like, that's the guy. She goes, what do you mean that's the guy? <laughs> it made no sense. But I'm sorry, it was creepy. If, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of it like right now, you know, if something ever happened to my wife, you know, God forbid that anything like that would, that would happen. Um, and she was gone, and then she came back in another body. I mean, this is all stuff that obviously wouldn't happen, but it's just like came back in another body, and then I, I would see through it and just be like, okay with it. I don't, I wouldn't. It would be really weird. It would be really hard to see through this other dude's face. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> see how she could see through this other dude's face. It's weird. It's just weird to me. I guess I, I get it. Love is strong. Love is powerful. Love is blind. And that's what they were getting here. The truth. The truth, right? It's all about the truth still. She knew the truth was he was Steve. Okay. Steve's a different dude. In some other dude's body. Like, that's that's what's going on here. It was a... That was a... I mean, as you said, you don't like seeing people resurrected. This was a really, really weird way to, like, kind of cop out 
and do this resurrection thing. Yeah, a little bit. But I guess I hey, mean, how whatever. else? How else would you do it though? Like, if you're going to do resurrection in this in this case, how else would it be done? I mean, he's been buried. What do you, mm-hmm. what do you, was he? He's gonna start, you know, banging in the dirt, and somebody's just gonna right. magically hear him. I think I would have hated that a lot more. Exactly, it would have been a lot weirder. So it's like, meh, okay, you know, if you're going to do it, at least do it this way. I get that, but it's still weird to me. I'm not. So. I'm not. I'm. I'm on your side. It's. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's creepy. I'm just going to say that it's bad writing. This is, it was just, it was really poorly done. I don't know how else to do it. I don't know how to do it to have it make sense because, like you said, I do not like Resurrections. I I don't think I would have done it. I would have found another way. There are other ways that she can get closure. She doesn't need to... I mean, people go through this all the time in every day-to-day life. You, you you lose somebody and you have to find closure for yourself. You can't, you know, have the person come back and all, all is good. Like, come on, that's – it's a little out there for yeah. me. It's, it's, but it's, it, was just, it, was showing, it was showing a flaw in her character. It was showing uh, selfishness, and that's exactly what the whole point of it was, was she was being selfish by trying to do that. And that's what he showed her. He's like, listen, you got to let me go because you mm-hmm. need to take care of this. You know, that's the whole point of this is at the end she gave up. She renounced her wish in order to, you know, do what she needed to do. Right. So she had to let go of him so she could get her powers back. And it's and like, that, okay. And that I'm fine that with. That was her, the whole point. Her, I'm that, I'm, see, the ending of this movie, that I'm fine with. Her learning that about herself and her finding her closure, all that I'm fine with. I'm just saying, I think there could have been a better way to do it. I think there could have been a more believable, a more plausible way to accomplish that that goal. You didn't have to have him come back and he's in some other poor guy's body you know and what happened to the guy like what happened to like his time frame like did he just like wake up like he was in a coma and like oh I, like not really knowing what happened like that's this whatever mm-hmm. um yep i'm gonna move on from that they reunite they're back together they're in his apartment so we the, the next big thing that happens and this is fine. I'm fine with this. I'm fine with mm-hmm. Max Lord wishing that he was the stone. You mean Jafar? Uh, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much. No, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with getting rid of the stone. I'm good with him becoming like an ultimate villain, like, like, like the grantor of all wishes. Like, I'm good with mm-hmm. that. As much as I don't like the wish concept. At least now it's not an inanimate object. It's somebody who right. can it actually really, wield really this. Right, it was really, really interesting the way they did it. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of turns to dust in his hands, and now he is he, he's going around just creating all kinds of chaos. Mm-hmm. Which, it was really cool. But, so, Wonder Woman and her boyfriend, they're in bed, and... He suggests, hey, let's just stay in bed. But she, all of a sudden, now she decides that she's going to realize, hey, maybe we should figure out how a stone brought my boyfriend back to life. Like, this should have happened, <laughs> like, the day before, not now. Like, okay, you give her an opportunity to have her night with her boyfriend, fine. But it's like, now that you got your jollies off, now you're thinking clearly and you want to do something about this. Like, this should have been a thing a little bit sooner. Maybe a lot of this chaos wouldn't have gotten as bad as it did. But that goes back to what right. you were saying about her just being selfish. So mm-hmm. I guess I guess that's a good point. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, there's a lesson that needs to be learned here, and that's 
That's what happened. She learned a lesson. You know, every, everybody everybody learns lessons, and if, if there's no lesson in a movie, what's the point of making the movie? No, you're right. You know, we've watched it. We've uh, What was it we watched recently? Um, New Mutants? I forgot. Was it New Mutants? There was no lesson learned? Eh. No, there was definitely some stuff that we've we've seen recently that have come out, and it just, like, to me, um, I can go back to The Dark Tower. I thought The Dark Tower was a cool movie, um, had some cool parts to it, but at the end, there was no lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. And that bothered me so much, because, like, what was the point of this? Every story has to have some type of change, some type of struggle, some type of somebody getting over a challenge in order to, you know advance you know whether it's win in the end or at least just get a little bit better because there's a sequel coming or something you know but there was nothing yeah that's yeah anyway that's just that there, there has to be something like that there has to be some some kind of growth so that was the main focus here was was the growth like there's truth there is reality and you know you can't just you can't just wish for something new and just have what you want because there is a truth there is a reality that you need to stick with Right. So, um, so a part that I yeah. thought was really funny, and I'm surprised I found this so funny, was Chris Pine and his wardrobe montage. <laughs> the, the whole culture shock situation. Exactly. This really worked yeah. for me. I the thought this pack? was hysterical. Oh my god, the fanny pack, <laughs> and how he just wouldn't leave the fanny pack alone, and even when he decides on a wardrobe, he's still wearing the fanny pack. It's ridiculous, right. but it's just it's mm-hmm. so '80s, and it worked. It worked beautifully. And the sneakers, everything about that was great. Chris Chris Pine is an amazing method actor. Like, he was oh, ridiculously yeah, good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was yeah, really funny. I, I thought it. that it was great. And then you jump forward a little bit. And even, like, his amazement about being on an escalator. Like, he pulled it off really oh. well. Yeah. Oh, my God. The funny thing is with the, with the whole clothing thing, do you remember they did the exact same thing with Diana in the first one? Did they? Where he brings her. He, yeah, oh, when he brings right. her there. You know, to to where he's living, and they do this whole montage of her getting dressed. I'm like, okay, so they're they're taking a lot of the formula from the first movie, and it's that whole thing of like her trying stuff on. She's going like, how does a woman fight in this? And the woman's the the, the her his uh, secretary there. She goes, fight, fight what? We fight with our you know our words or something like that. And it was um, yeah, that was the whole. There was a big thing, and it was it was the funny point in the movie. You know, getting getting comfortable and getting used to the, the whole culture shock. Um, the cool thing is, if you remember at the end of that, when she finally settled on clothing, she basically, it was a nod to, um, to Clark Kent. You know, she had, she had the hat on, she had the glasses on and like the suit, you know, to look like Clark Kent. So that was, that was an interesting nod back in the first movie, but they do it here. Tables of, tables of turn. She knows about the world. He's, you know, many, many decades like out of his element. And it's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Kind of like when I when think when Marty goes into the future and he's like, oh, pull out your pants pockets. All kids wear their pants inside out. And he gets the new jacket and the hat. And it's like, OK, whatever. Right. This is what you guys wear. All right. Well, you're the doc, doc. So and another another yeah. really funny thing. They're on their way to the museum and they're walking through this plaza and he's looking up at this big sculpture. And she's just like, <laughs> oh, that's art. And he's like, oh, all mm-hmm. right. And then he like just marvels at a trash can for a couple of seconds. And right. they just let that they let that moment linger. And the timing of it was really funny. And she has it. Oh, that's just a trash can. Oh, oh, oh OK. And then they go to the space museum, which I thought that was really funny, too. I'm surprised. If they did not have that part in all of the trailers, I would have laughed as well. 
See, I didn't see any of the, the problem trailer. is, yeah. See, the problem is they put that in the trailer. Okay. Um, and every every version of the trailer had the trash can scene, from what I recall. Okay. So for me, it was like, oh, here's that part. Yeah, it's it's as funny as it was in the trailer. Not funny it, now. I try like, really hard just, to eh. avoid trailers when I can. I do if it's a movie I'm really like really really excited about. I was not very excited to see this movie. I mean, I was I was happy that I got to. Mm-hmm. But, I, but it wasn't Star Wars, you know? Like, Star Wars, I will avoid the trailers. You know, I've had to because of just what happened to the the whole um, the whole sequel trilogy there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I needed to, <laughs> I needed to go into it totally unbiased. And, with, and, like, if I watched the trailer and they have all these great parts and then I watched those movies, I would have been very disappointed, you know? So right. that's... Uh, it it depends on what it is. If I'm if I'm really pumped about something, I will not watch the trailers. Um and, and yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I did see the trailer. I I don't watch I didn't watch it like intentionally to pull it all up. I might have watched it only a couple of times. I don't have cable TV, so I don't have commercials popping up a lot. But, you know, you bump into them in daily life and here it is. Oh, it's it's an ad before a YouTube video you're about to watch. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway. So I I, I will say yeah, the whole culture shock, shock thing was cool, but um, yeah, go ahead because it's a part that I do want to talk about at some point. No, I just wanted to bring one little thing up. Um, I'm I'm surprised about how much of a of a of a pilot geek this character is that there wasn't some mm. small little section while they're in the museum about oh hey by the way we went to space we went we we landed on the moon. I'm um, that would have did no <laughs> it was just like. He was looking at the rockets, and it was just like, this is amazing. And then that's where that scene ends, and you cut back to uh, Max Lord, and he's walking into his office, and you know his secretary's going nuts about all the business that they're getting. There was never like a mm. set scene where, by the way, we went to space, we landed on the moon. I would have loved to have seen his reaction to that news. Like That would have been, right. I think that would have been either like really a heartwarming moment because of how attached to flight he is, or he would have found a way to make that really funny. I think that was just a, yeah. I think that was a missed opportunity in this movie. No, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, and, cool. and just as always, I think there's certain parts that we say like, you know what, that should have been there. And it probably was, but it might've gotten cut out because it's, it's a pretty obvious that would have made sense. You know, if that was there. Normally, so, I'm normally I'm against your uh, maybe there's a deleted scene argument. Like, but in this instance, <laughs> I am going to say I hope that's a deleted scene that I get to see sometime. Yeah. So yeah. Just just that. like I really I really hope that they're you know they really did make Superman lives and I can see it not because I think it needs to be there but just because I want to see Nicolas Cage donning the <laughs> the red undies and cape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. No. He's like, could you imagine? No. If they actually went through with that? No. It's just, it's way too funny to me. Like, hey there, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Like, you met, can you imagine him, like, if it's, if it's. Because, I mean, Brainiac would have been involved. So I, I can imagine him just, like, being, like, tortured by Brainiac, just going, ah! It'd be all, all, all cagey. Oh man, it would it would have been hilarious if it's anyway. a parody of a Superman movie. <laughs> fine. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I could not take him as a serious Superman ever. I can't take him as a serious anything ever. I mean, <laughs> I, I know this is a controversial time right now, but does anybody else 
I mean, there's a lot of things that are that are happening right now, but the best theory I've heard so far is everything that happened last week, last Wednesday, down at the Capitol, was just so he could steal the Declaration of Independence. It was just wow. a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, there have been crazier theories. <laughs> I just think he's doing whatever he has to do to keep out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm always making movies, they'll never know. <laughs> exactly. So I wasn't there. I was making uh, <laughs> these five movies for Netflix. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, it does not take long um, after he becomes the stone. I, I, I'm going to keep calling him the stone. I don't care what the proper name it's, it's It's basically a stone. He basically oh, okay. becomes a It does not take long for things to really start going awry there. And the first hint you get that um, Wonder Woman is getting weaker is when she's trying to rip a lock off of a garage door. Again, little things like this should be a red flag to her. And they're not. And it bothers me. Because this was a character in the first movie, and for the majority of this movie, where she's really intelligent and really intuitive, but little things that she should be paying attention to, she's not. I don't know if her love for uh, Chris Pine is so blinding that it's affecting, you know, her, her mental capacity, but just, wow. It really... Like, she can't get the lock off, and she doesn't think to say, maybe maybe the two are correlated. Maybe something else is going on. Did that, did that hmm. resonate with you at all, or is that just me? But what was happening that you thought that she was distracted by? So, no, I said, I don't know if she's just distracted by, like, if her, if her love for Chris Pine is just so blinding that it's distracting her from everything else, and she can't see everything that's going on, or if they're just purposely writing her to you know, to lack intuition because the past two well, movies, because the majority of this movie and the first movie, she's very, very intuitive, very intuitive. Mm-hmm. And she has a, and she has a clear understanding of what's going on. But in certain situations in this movie, like I said before about, she made the wish and then there was this weird effect and it, that didn't raise any red flags. And now she, all of a sudden she's having a hard time pulling a lock off of a, off of a garage door. And that doesn't raise any red flags. And it's very, it's very jarring that this character would be in that predicament. And I'm just wondering, is that just me? Am I reading too much into, it am i giving dc no. too much credit or is that no, a legit and, and, no thing to 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 pick on it's the exact it's the exact point of this movie and that's that's what i was getting at is she's been so distracted by everything to do with him that she's not paying attention to everything else that's going on around her so that's where the truth comes in where in order for her to do what she needs to do she needs to let go of him that was the main point of this movie was for her to learn to let go of her past and focus on who she is and what she needs to do. And that okay. is a huge message to everybody alive. We need to learn to let go of our past and focus on who we are and what we're destined to do. Mm. So, a public yeah. service announcement from Black and White Reviews. Um, so, yeah, it, it goes into my next point, which is shortly after this, and this is what I wanted to get to, okay. is they were they clearly had a mission. The world was like... <laughs> gonna blow up like it was the end of the world right with everything that was going on with all the wish stuff and everything he was doing um, they had apparently nothing better to do than to just take a little detour and fly through fireworks in their invisible jet right 
I'm sorry, but they had a, they were supposed to be somewhere, and they had this like, ah, oh, look at the fireworks moment, and I'm going. Don't you have somewhere to be? Okay. Like, this, this is this is not the time to be just messing around. This whole movie, like, there's things that they need to really, like, get down to business. And they spent most of this time just goofing off together. And again, that leads to the point of she was distracted and needed to get her head back on. Okay. I, I understand where you're coming from. I understand completely where you're coming from, and I agree. However... If you can enjoy the scenery on your way to said mission, why wouldn't you? <laughs> if you were just happening to, happening to enjoy the scenery on the way, everything slowed down. They de- detoured <laughs> over there. Hey, hey, let me okay. let me show you something. Okay, check this now, out. That's like better. it was just, it was just like I just imagine like in the middle of all of it, he goes, "Hey, girl, I gotta show you something. Come over here." And it's like it was just. That's that's all I got from it. It just it changed the whole like feeling of what of the urgency, you know, that they were just building up. I understand having like while okay, in other movies, while they're in like let's say Star Wars, right? They're going mm-hmm. through light speed or or whatever, and they're they're just sitting there and they're clearly going as fast as they can to wherever they need to go to. They can have a conversation. You know, that can happen. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's it's you know if if that was the case, okay. But they're the ones flying this. They're the ones who are on the mission. They need to be focused on the mission. But again, proving the point, she was distracted, right? And allowed it all to distract. So, speaking of flying, because I had a different issue with this scene. He's been dead for how long and he comes back and he just automatically knows how to fly a complicated jet when he's used to these primitive, you know, warplanes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, he, good. He knew way too much, way too quickly. <laughs> like, there should have been, like, where's the such and such? Is this it? Oh, no, not that. Okay, is this it? Oh, okay, good, there's that. And then try to figure it out. But he, it was it was a little too quick. It was way a little too, too quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was way There's definitely too a lot quick. more going on. Okay, good. You know, on, I'm, on I'm, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that we're on the same page with that one. Um, she figures out how to make the plane invisible, which I thought was really cool. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Her, you know, figuring out, you know, the invisible jet thing, and that's a thing with Wonder Woman going back decades. I, I like that. That was really cool. Now, we, when we get to the fireworks thing, I didn't see it the way that you did. Uh, again, I was just on the, well, we're on our way to said mission. Why not stop and, you know, just smell the roses for a minute? But it, it is kind of, they do kind of detour. They do kind of slow down to enjoy that moment when there are more important things to do. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, man. That's, it's, okay. Mm-hmm. There's, oh boy. Um, <laughs> a, a part of me thinks that they just wanted to be able to have that scene when they're above the clouds and there's the visual mm-hmm. of the fireworks going on below because it was it was beautiful looking. Oh, yeah, totally. I just think that it was just a convenient excuse to have that scene in there, which I'm not I'm not mad mm-hmm. about because it was a great visual. Oh, yeah. Especially with an invisible jet. Yeah. And they can just see. Yeah. But. I think, you know, aside from that, we have that, and then we kind of get right into the, um, oh, we're back to the darkness of DC here, <laughs> where it, I almost felt like we were watching uh, Joker. Okay. With, like, with how Kristen Wiig just goes off on that on that drunk dude. 
Mm -hmm. Like she clearly let all this stuff get to her head and she just like, like all the, all the power and, you know, basically all the, everything she had before all pent up and everything. Now that she had power, she was getting power hungry and whatever. She's, she just, she was getting drunk with power. Yeah. Drunk with strength. Drunk with, with everything that she gained. And she just took it way too, way too far where even that guy that she's like, you know, oh, hey, Barbara, you know, whatever. That guy was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, she she beat that guy mercilessly. Yeah. Um, that's different than that's like, I mean, obviously, that's the point. The point so is that, you know, she's going to take him down, you know, and get revenge. But I mean, for somebody that powerful, that is way, way, way too much. Way over the top. Yeah. And that's I, why I'm thinking, it, that's why I'm like, it's Joker. It's like, I felt like we were watching Joker. I I agree. However, there is an argument to be had that he kind of had it coming. Because there is a scene. Oh, he had it coming, but, mm, okay. There is a scene that we skipped over where they do encounter each other before, and he does kind of attack her, and Wonder Woman has to come and save her, and he's laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, she didn't go over the top with the way, Wonder Woman didn't go over the top with the way that she hit him. Just it was more all. it was more of a backup t- kind of thing. Right. Um, they and the way it was done, again. it was done it was done really well. But the thing is, Kristen uh, or Barbara, Barbara's character here, Barbara Minerva, Barbara, um, sh- Barbara, Bob, Babs, that is Barbara Ann. <laughs> she. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's another. Um, that's another way you know this is eighties because who is named Barbara today? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know a Barbara. Um, I have never met. I know a Barbara. Barbara's, but they but they were around in the eighties, like you know, with jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that point, so yeah, definitely not not our generation. No. Um, nope, I do not know a Barbara anywhere near my age. <laughs> no offense to Barbara's, it's just you, you get a classic name. Good for you. Um, but yeah, that whole scene right there, like she came in, swooped in, like there was not much. There was a very qu- quick, brief physical struggle with this guy. Right. It's not like this guy was torturing her for years. No. It's not like it lasted longer and something even worse happened. It was a quick uh, interaction between the two of them where he said a couple of things and then, you know, uh, Wonder Woman there popped in and, and saved her very quickly, very like, oh, okay, done. Like, how do you get over there? Don't worry about it. Let's keep walking. Okay. So, yeah, the guy had it coming, but they didn't. She didn't necessarily have to be the one to give him all of that. That's what that's that's what it comes down to. I don't know. I just I feel like there wasn't enough invested into their quote unquote relationship for her to have that much hatred for him. And that's where it comes down to drunk with power, you know. And it was it was excessive. And I was surprised that she didn't feel like like have like a like a remorse, but that just proved that she was going to go further along into Catwoman. Right. So, but whatever. Right. Well, it goes into the whole... But again, but again, what that proves is she was basically becoming, um, like she said, she wanted to be just like um, Diana. She wanted to be strong like her. She wanted to be pretty like her. And so if she, she had, she got all the abilities basically that she got, but... That's just further proof into just like, you know, somebody can be as strong as Superman, but yet have a whole different, you know, set of morals and have a whole different like set of willpower in order to do what's right in the midst of things, you mm-hmm. know, 
And that's that's what it always comes down to is like with great power comes great responsibility. And you have to have that in the back of your mind. Like you have to have that driving you in order for those to be used for for the right things. So, yeah, that's it's just it's a that is a superhero cliche. Right. You know, just because you have the 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 firepower or, you know, whatever power, you know, you have to you have to have the heart behind it. You well, know, if anybody it, else came in there, anybody else like Tony Stark shows up, I mean, just like look at Obadiah Stane. You know, he wasn't Tony Stark, and that's why at the end of that one, he was Dunzo because whatever. He had the same firepower. He had even more. But it I also guess goes it's a bad it also goes into excuse. the point of the whole wishstone, <laughs> you know, element that when you make a wish, mm-hmm. you're losing something. Yes. Diana exactly. loses her power. This woman, mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig, she loses her hum- Barbara. She loses her, her humanity. humanity. Max is, <laughs> Max is Max is losing his health, which <clears throat> we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to Max and the whole health thing later. Um, oh, he makes a he travels to the Middle East to secure more oil, and the oil tycoon over there basically wants his homeland back. And granted, um, and in exchange, he's walking away with his security team, which mm-hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> so. Now we're introduced to this idea that because he's the stone itself, he can make the decision of what it is he's going to take. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird. It is it's, interesting. It's, it's but I mean, I guess that's the point because if if it was just the stone, the stone would just automatically do something like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh car chase random I mean it's it's the same it's the same car chase sequence you've seen in every superhero movie where there's a car chase. Yep. The, the, yep. the superhero, um, the superhero it, has it to overcome cool. a whole bunch of obstacles. It's 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 cool. It's it is what it is, but it's uh-huh. it's we've seen this a million times. Um, so so here's here's what I, here these are my notes. I just want to share the notes that I wrote down because I was saying them out loud, and it was just as I'm writing, I was like, okay, so suddenly she's running next to the car. I mean, aside from the fact that suddenly she's wearing, you know, her armor. Okay, how, when did that happen? And we'll see that later on too. So suddenly she's next to the car. She lassos a bullet, drive shaft, drive shaft down, truck flips, and now a rocket. Lost the lasso. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So th- that's, my, that's my, my note on this entire scene. Um, she lassoed a bullet, and then she also lassoed a rocket. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and this doesn't start, start, stop there. <laughs> we'll get to what else she lassos later on. <laughs> But chase scene, yes. Every was, movie, every every good action movie has a car chase scene. I know where you're okay. going. I know where you're going <laughs> with the what she lassos later on, and there's a couple of years removed for that reference to be relevant here. I'm just pointing that uh-huh. out now because I know where you're going. Anyways, oh, I know. I, 1984. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, and she. So we get to the end of it, and she saves a couple of kids. And again, we're we're going to her. She's losing her powers because she loses her grip on the lasso. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. if she loses her grip, or the lasso was too hot for her to handle. I'm really mm. confused there. That's interesting. I Do you thought know it was what I mean? Because like... it looked it looked like it was glowing a lot more, and she and that's why she lost her grip. Like it was actually burning her hmm. hand, or if she was just unable to. I don't know. Hold on to it and the kids. <laughs> hold hold, hold on. Like, I'm watching yeah, the scene right now, and it definitely looks like 
it burns her because she does let go when she looks at her hand like, ow, that hurt. It is it is kind of it is kind of a thing. I, I could be way off on that. But she um she protects the kids and she doesn't want them to play in the street anymore. Oh boy. So they fly back yeah. home. Yeah, they fly back home. They're having a powwow about the stone with with this guy with a really bad Rastafarian wig. This this <laughs> wig looked ridiculous. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand why they had to have him with that wig on. They couldn't have just had a guy like you want to ha- you like you want to have a Mayan, have a Mayan, but you don't have to have him wearing a ridiculous fake looking Rastafarian wig. It Well, the looked- guy was from India, wasn't he? <laughs> I thought well, I thought he was Mayan because he pulls out the book and he's like, "Yeah, my great-grandfather was Mayan in our civilization." So I'm like, "Okay, so is he Mayan or is he Indian?" I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah, dude, it was Ravi Patel. Okay. I mean, that, as far he's he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but as far as I knew, the Patels didn't tend to be Mayan. Um, <laughs> I know a few Patels, <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, I mean, Ravi himself, he was born in Illinois, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Where are you from? Orig- I mean, originally, <laughs> Illinois. Where are you from? Oh, Illinois. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, what movie was that? It was um. Um, they said, "Oh, where you're from?" And they're like, "Oh, New York." And he goes, "No, originally, oh, Pennsylvania." Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, really weird wig. Um, but yeah, he gets the information. But I think the big thing that they were getting at was like, you give up what you hold dear mm-hmm. when you use the stone, and that's the big thing. Is like you're not just giving something up; you give up what you hold dear. And with him being the stone, you kind of um. You know, he could probably pick up on what people held dear, you know, to a point. Like, he wasn't a mind reader completely. He didn't have all that power, but he could sense things. So, like, when he was taking the stuff from the guy and building the wall and all that stuff and whatever, um, which was interesting. At first, I'm like, what's with the wall? Oh, okay, I get it. That's what he wished for. Okay, that's weird. Like, why is there a car on top of that wall? Oh, all right. It was a little off that just suddenly, you know, showed up there. But, okay. Giving up what you hold dear. And for him, he was all about self-preservation, making sh- he wanted to make himself look good, you know, especially in front of his son. But mm-hmm. that was the thing. He didn't, he didn't lose his son. He was losing himself. I mean, we can get into that, too. I mean, that, that, I hate to say, um, I don't hate to say, but it was definitely a um, tear-jerking moment between him and his son when he finally realized that his son loved him unconditionally, you know. And that was, that was a big deal in the end. But are you, know, you talking about everything up? Are you talking about the scene uh, right after, you know, the powwow there where they're where Max is in his office and he's granting all kinds of wishes. And then his son walks in. And he's like, oh, I just wish for you to be great or I wish for you to be successful or whatever. You're talking about that scene or the scene at the end of the movie? A scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, I thought because I thought the scene that I'm talking about right now where he's granting all kinds of wishes and he's getting sicker and sicker. Yeah. And he finally sits down and he has, his, you know, this heart to heart with his son. And his son was mm-hmm. like, I wish for you to be great. I wish for you to be, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And he just hugs him. And I thought that was a real moment. Like, that made... Oh, yeah. That, that made kid this... made the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 kid, that That kid's amazing in this movie. I mean, yeah. I, mm-hmm. what's his name? The characters were Alistair. What's the name of the kid? Alistair. Thank you. But I'm t- I want to know his real name. Lu... Lucian? Kang. Lucian Perez? <laughs> okay. Lucian Perez. 
anyways, a phenomenal, phenomenal actor for a child. I um I mm-hmm. wish nothing but the best for his career. Yep. But this scene, but this scene between him and Pedro Pascal, uh, Max, it was eye-opening, and it made yeah. it made this character, it made his character a little too sympathetic for a villain. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he's gonna be mm-hmm. the villain in this movie, I don't want to sympathize. I don't always want to sympathize with a villain, especially one that's this greedy. Like, like it's clear, mm-hmm. like greed and and want and just more, more, more is what's driving this mm-hmm. character. Right. If if you're gonna have the scene where he finally realizes like everything that his son means to him and him renouncing his wish, if you want to have that at the end of the movie, fine, because mm-hmm. the movie's yeah. over and he's been resolved. But you do this, you know, at the midpoint of the film, before he even commits his, you know, most dastardly deed. I didn't need that. Mm. It, it, it that that kind of it threw me off a little bit because then you know by the time yeah. we're at where we're at, I know. I knew his fate. I'm like, something's going to happen with mm-hmm. him, and the son is going to turn this character completely around. Like, I saw that coming from a mile away, and it kind of... Right. It, it took me out of it a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. And we can go back and forth on what's cliche good and what's cliche bad. Um, I think that having it there was a good sense, because you saw him saying, oh, great, I'm glad you love me, but I'm still going to do this. You know that was that was a big deal for me. So seeing like I'm glad you you love me and you and you care and you want me to be successful, but I'm so I'm still gonna do all this stuff, you know. And the kid's just like, um, hmm, okay. Like <laughs> the kid was a smarter one here, you know, mm-hmm. until he was just like stuck, just going, Daddy, just standing in the middle of you know total danger. Like, wouldn't you? Okay, <laughs> let's just stand out in the middle of of a road here. And, but okay, moving on. So um, Diana and Steve. Yeah. They're back in Diana's apartment, and they're looking mm-hmm. at a whole bunch of monitors, which, again, this is very 80s to have all these security monitors out there, like tube television mm-hmm. style. This was, yep. oh boy. That's, that's the technology. <laughs> hmm? That's the technology they uh, have. Exactly. That's the technology that they're having right there. It's like, this is the kind of room that I want to be in, because <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. a geek techie like that. This is the kind of room that I want to be in. I thought this was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, The armor is sitting in the corner... And he starts asking about it, and the lasso, and you get this scene where the a woman warrior is just holding off this massive army. And I bring this up for a reason, because this armor she's wearing is taking a whole lot of punishment from yes. a sea of people. It is just, yes. it is absolutely ridiculous. And the armor holds up. The, the armor absolutely holds up. It does not break. It was a get... sea of men. Huh? With it was a sea of men with the strength <laughs> of men, and the only reason I'm saying that is because my wife pointed that out. <laughs> of course, she did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I get the symbolism of the scene. I'm pointing mm-hmm. it out, and well, I, I agree with that. I'm pointing it out for well, no, a not, the, not the symbolism, but it's, it's the point is like these were men, these were mortal men that were that were fighting. Okay. So just keep that in mind when you get to the point that you're getting at later on. Because I thought so too. I'm just like, really? That doesn't make any sense because she just fought off an entire army. She goes, yeah, but they were just mortal men. I'm like, ah, hmm. got it. <laughs> Valid okay. Point. All right. Um, Max? I mean, still, you would think that like so many men, you know, versus, you know, as, next to one person, you know, who's uh, of significant strength. Well, they'd probably add up. But yeah, but there's only so many people that can get around one person and actually do anything fine you know i mean how many people can stand around one person fine eight 
eight. <laughs> fine. Okay. Fine. I fine. Whatever, man. Anyways, <sighs> Max has a uh, Max. Ha- okay. <laughs> he has somebody wish that he could have an audience with the president, and he goes and sees uh-huh. the president, who's. Oh I'm my god! Guessing, that scene was ridiculous. I'm guessing this is supposed to be Reagan. Um, it was Reagan-like, yeah. They didn't. They never actually said. They never but actually they were just said to make his it look name, but you could tell just by the hair and the chubbiness. <laughs> that yeah, it's but I don't think. Reagan. I think what they've been do. What they've been doing with a lot of movies lately is not even bothering pretending that it's a president that we've ever had. It's just like somebody. It's like okay, there's nods to some presidential people from back then, and yeah, it can be. It, it's kind of like when Weird Al does a, pa- a song that's not a parody, but it's in the style of. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, this is not a direct parody of a song, but you can tell that he took ideas from such and such band. You know, it's inspired by. So this character was inspired by Reagan. That's the okay. best way to put it. All right, fine. I, I would, but I it wasn't supposed say... to be Reagan. They were not, they, they were not doing like a direct, like, oh, it's Reagan, but we won't tell you it's Reagan, you know, because we don't want to deal with that. So they were just saying, you know, like, hey, this character was clearly inspired by the president at that time. The only reason why I brought it up is because, and I know that you haven't seen it, and I've referenced it a couple of times on the show, um, the second season of Fargo was by far probably one of my favorite singular seasons of television I've ever seen. And in that season, they're in the 80s, and there is there is a character, Ronald Reagan, who's running around because he's running for president, and it is played mm-hmm. by Bruce Campbell. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and it was absolutely, it was absolutely amazing. Bruce Campbell oh, nailed Ronald Reagan. And I'm just, I'm on this crusade where I want Bruce Campbell to be the go-to Reagan for everything going into the future. That's really funny. He should be the de facto out. Ronald Reagan for everything. If, if if there is a movie and they need somebody to play Reagan, it should be Bruce Campbell because it was amazing. You didn't, th- you didn't think Phil Hartman did a good good job back in the day? I mean, Phil Hartman was pretty good. I think, yeah, Phil Hartman did. Phil Hartman was making fun of Reagan. Well, yeah. Bruce Campbell was Reagan. Okay. And I think that there's a difference. Well, that that's hard for me to believe Bruce Campbell doing anything serious. You need, so you need, I, I, you know what? I'm going to send you a couple of clips of the way that he yeah, did it. Yeah, please do. I will send you a couple of clips of the way that he did it because it is phenomenal the way that he was able okay. to pull that off. Nice. Anyways. Wow. Um yeah, I didn't I didn't take any notes. I'm just kind of skimming through the movie right now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no. I think so Steve Steve or everything was her big decision she was getting to at this point. Mm-hmm. Right? She was trying to figure out she goes do I you know it, it's and she even said at that point she goes basically why don't i ever get what i want you know she just wanted this one thing that's all she wanted was this one thing but the reality is we don't always get to have the one thing we think we need in this world when we have something so much greater that we're supposed we're supposed to be doing i understand you know? that i understand that i do sympathize with her a little bit though if you're if you're if you're responsible for like the world I don't think it's too much yeah. just to ask for one thing. Right. But that's where sacrifice comes I in. I understand that. I understand the sacrifice, and I get it. And, and you're absolutely right. I'm just saying I sympathize with that. You know, it's... it's oh, yeah. So do I. So do I. And it's it's the way of the world. 
there are tons of sacrifices that we have to make throughout our lives. Yeah. And and we have to recognize that I mean whether it's a small sacrifice or a big sacrifice, they still need to be they still need to happen in order for the right thing to be done. You know, and I think one of the hardest things is pride. You know, when I talk about something really simple, the, one of the hardest things that we have to sacrifice is our pride. When we're in the middle of an argument with somebody and we stop and we apologize, we sh- we're not necessarily saying, I'm sorry, you're right. You're just saying, I'm sorry, I value our relationship more than, I, than my own pride. Mm. That is a huge sacrifice. You know, do I do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Should I? Of course. It's no, hard. It no. is the, it is one of the hardest you, things I've ever done. You don't do it. <laughs> from, from somebody that's known you for almost 30 years, no, you <laughs> don't do that. Anyways, uh-huh. let's, um, so, all right, another, this is ridiculous. The concept behind one, what I'm about to talk about is absolutely ridiculous. He's in his okay. meeting, he's in his meeting with Reagan, right? Oh my! And yeah. uh-huh. Reagan wishes for more nukes, so he gets more nukes. Fine, and in exchange, I am taking all of your power. Blah 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 blah. Yep. There is <laughs> a machine that he just so happens to see that the particles <laughs> of which can somehow touch everybody, and that's exactly what he needs because he wants to be able to touch more people to grant more wishes at once. Uh huh. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's. <laughs> Uh-huh. There is there is there's a there is a there is a broadcast device that the, the particles of which can touch everybody. Uh-huh. This is the most yeah, ridiculous that didn't, that thing. Didn't, that didn't make sense to me. I didn't even understand the word the particles of which no, like that No. <laughs> Sorry. No. This is insane. Nope. This this mm-hmm. is this this scene jumped the shark for me in this movie. I mm-hmm. why? I don't know. Ah, oh my god. No idea. It was so stupid. It was mm-hmm. so stupid. And I yes. get why they did it. I get why it was in there. It's a it's a, it's a plot device to set up the end of the movie. And uh-huh. fine. But the way that it was explained here, like it can beam down and the particles and it touches everybody. This thing just right. sounds like it was caught. It, this thing, especially in the '80s, this thing sounds like it would cause cancer in millions of people. <laughs> oh, of course. So, there is that. Um, we get a lot. Well, of... That's what everybody got. <laughs> that's what everybody got in terms yeah. of their wish. <laughs> Pretty much cancer. Pretty thanks, much. Reagan. Or a... thanks, inspired president thanks. inspired by Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Reagan. Um, I do <laughs> like. I do like the one thing. Okay, so at the same time that they're explaining this 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 particle broadcast system, they also bring up, you know, Reagan and the Star Wars initiative, which mm. okay, that was a real thing. So you have this really mm-hmm. real thing that Reagan did in in large part to, you know, bankrupt the Soviets, but at the same time you're also explaining this particle <laughs> broadcast system that that touches mm-hmm. people. It's They needed to have a balance. <laughs> <laughs> Like here, it's it's like the compliment sandwich where you try to distract somebody with a compliment, and then you then you tell them something that's like you know critical, and then you tell them another compliment. Like maybe they won't notice how ridiculous this is because we'll put truth here. Right. Well, you know, we'll put something nice there. Oh my God! Um, Wonder Woman and Christine Wig, Barbara, they have a Kristen. showdown 
and I, I'm not gonna. I, I I I mean, it's 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 a superhero showdown. It's <laughs> it's. Yep. Do you have anything to add to that one? Because it's just it's a superhero uh, showdown, and she, I believe I believe the line I wrote was that's a bad wig. That's a pretty bad wig. Yeah, she came in, she showed up, and she's all like, what, leathered out or something, right? And she's, yeah. She 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 looked she looked like um, she looked like a like a if Madonna became a a, a villain in a superhero movie. That's what was kind of happening here, and you're like, oh wow, like when um, I was interesting. Like, when I got to this point, when I got to this point of the movie, I'm like, and this is before I saw the end. I asked myself, is she trying to channel Michelle Pfeiffer? I mm-hmm. did not know how right I was going to be when I said that to myself. When when we saw Catwoman, exactly. It, it's funny because I, I I so when I I read it and I don't know what if it was spoiled somewhere, but I thought somebody said cheetah somewhere or like Cheetara or so, something cheetah related. I'm just like, does she turn into a a bad character? Because what I saw in the trailer, she didn't look like she was a bad character. She had big glasses and she was just like you know kind of like oh whatever, Kristen Wiggy. You know, so I was, I, I will have to say, I was very impressed with her performance in this because everything else I've seen Kristen Wiig do has been um, hilarious. Like her, her characters that she plays on SNL and in different movies are always really, really good. In this movie, I was, I mean, although it's a superhero movie and there's tons of cheese in it, which is up her alley, mm-hmm. um, she did an amazing job playing a villain. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in this scene right here, I was kind of like, wow, I did not expect to see her, you know, go this direction. So I, I, you know, definitely kudos to her and, you know, a couple of claps for it. I thought that she, as an actress, did a very good job stepping into a different type of role for her. Great. Um, you know what? I will give her credit for that. Great flip. Because at the beginning of this movie, oh yeah. she was very, you know, slapstick. And right. you get to a point where she just, the flip, the, somewhere, she flips the switch and she can just turn into this this maniacal villain out of nowhere. And I did appreciate right. that her acting chops are through the roof. That's and, not... and it brings me right back to that same point that you just mentioned, like Michelle Pfeiffer. She was completely Selena Kyle before and after the cat situation. Exactly. You know, so she did a very good job taking that same exact concept. I mean, obviously that's how they wrote it. And she's like, okay, I enjoyed that movie. I can do that. And she yeah. did it. And it was great. Exactly. So, yeah. So they have their they have their showdown. She uh, Diana loses miserably, and she oh yeah she gets all busted up. Hmm. She gets all busted up. Yeah, she's done. Uh, she's mm-hmm. limping away, and she realizes, okay, I have to renounce my wish. She does. She's instantly fine, and then she learns how to fly. Yep. So- tearjerker, tearjerker <laughs> scene. <laughs> tearjerker scene and it goes back to what you said before about her you know finding closure and she made the decision herself and I'm I'm happy for her character for doing that mm-hmm. and then she learns flight yes I, again this does not come up in either uh-huh. Batman v Superman or Dawn of Justice that she can fly no. nope which I'm, I'm I'm guessing we're going to get another movie that takes place before Batman v Superman like probably with her sometime in the '90s, and something happens. I'm really yeah. hoping that that's the case, because you know it should happen. It should happen in 1999. You know, during the Y2K scare, and they should somehow work that into it. <laughs> she, she, yeah. her, what? And, and her system crashes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Some, something ridiculous. I'm like, what happened in the '90s that they could work into it? I mean, a lot of stuff happened in the '90s, but I'm like. 
dude, no one's ever talked about Y2K in a movie. Let's do it. <laughs> that yeah, that could but, work. I mean, hey, th- there's got to be some way they can work that in. We we probably just gave somebody the idea and man, that could we work. just are cooperating our ideas. Maybe anyway, maybe she's the savior <laughs> of the Y2K incident. And maybe doing, that's why we in, that's why the world didn't come to an end. And in doing exactly, and in doing so, and it's about that gets, Mayan. You know, we can talk. <laughs> okay, no. And in doing so, no, we're not so, going 2012. <laughs> and in doing so, when she's saving everybody from the Y2K problem, she gets zapped by a supercomputer. Uh huh. <laughs> and oh, yeah, a supercomputer. That makes total sense. And you know, Superman was there. Yeah. And Richard yeah. Pryor was there. You could do that again. And you were there. And you were there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I thought it was kind of funny, like, there was this whole thing where all these people were getting their wishes, quote-unquote. It was basically a scene from Bruce Almighty. Um, Pretty much. If you recall Bruce Almighty, where um, they made all those prayers, and he made everybody's wish come true. They all wished to win the lottery, and they all got two bucks <laughs> because they all won it. So same idea. It's just like, again, pr- further proving this whole point, just, you know, be careful what you wish for. That's not going to give you happiness. If everybody wished for it and everybody got their wish, the world would be chaos, you know? And that's what was coming here. So she, yeah, like you said, she renounces the wish, and then she lassos a plane. Okay, so we've got bullet. She lassoed a rocket. She lassoed a plane. And then she rides the lightning. Yep. And Which, again, if this movie took place... So so lightning came out in 85 or 86. Actually, I think lightning right. came out in 85. So if they did it in 85, they should If they did this movie the in 85 and mm-hmm. this scene was scored to whom the bell tolls would have been oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> it would have been epic if they did that. It would have been epic. It would and, have been and awesome. I would have, been, I would have fully backed it. <laughs> I I'm like at the, I kind of want to like make a mock scene of it. And just have that song playing while she's like that would have been amazing. I would have. Oh yeah. I would have leaped out of my chair if that happened. That was. It was such a perfect moment. I know. I like know. somebody, like somebody on the production team had to regret calling this 1984. <laughs> like right. some like, somebody oh, there had to have been. Oh my god, this would have been perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, they weren't anybody in the position of power. They were just like the light, the sound guy. Exactly. <laughs> they <standard> just like <laughs> probably. Oh come on. <laughs> Like he's like, dude, I'll, I'll slip you a fifty if you just throw this song in there. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, so again, we have this. We have her riding the lightning. We have her flying, and she shows up in a full CG gold suit. Okay, how did she get it? Okay, again, where did okay. it show up? Exactly. Like how? <laughs> I'm, I'm the way that I'm thinking. And it's oh, she flew flawed. There. Oh, she it's flew completely there. flawed. <laughs> but the way that I read this scene was she's on her way, and sometime, and maybe there's a deleted scene, she realizes <laughs> I need my suit, and she turns around and goes back to get it. Yeah, and then she grabs a Twinkie too because it's been she hasn't eaten in the entire time we've seen the movie. So I guess just so. Like oh, well, I mean, hey, girls got to eat. All right, girls got to eat. And now. So, yeah. And now I'm going enter, to enter Catwoman. Yeah. Now I'm going to praise this movie a little bit. <laughs> okay. So there are these turrets and they're shooting up at the sky because Wonder Woman's coming uh-huh. and and they want to kill her, right? Mhm. I like that the turrets run out of bullets. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was that cool. was that was awesome. You don't the usually way that see that, was that. Done because in no movie will you have guys with you know the machine guns and turrets shooting up mm-hmm. at something. They never run out of bullets. It's just an endless supply. Like they all. Right, I, right. I know you're not that big of a gamer. They all have solid snakes bandana. For those of you who don't know, if you're playing Metal Gear Solid and you get the bandana, you basically have unlimited ammo. That's every movie. Here, they run out of bullets, and it was perfect. It was perfect Mm -hmm. the way that that was done. It was great. And and like you said, she shows up in the CGI golden suit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's there. Enter Catwoman, and then we see the most computer-generated Cirque du Soleil I've ever seen. (laughs) I, I mean, how else would you describe that? It was, it, it, it was totally, it was, it was yeah. just like these flips and spins and aerial this and that. And you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this once before when I went to that circus. Yeah, that, that's yeah, what I thought, too. This is a circus act. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was, that, and that's that was my issue with Batman v Superman, is that Superman, or I mean, sorry, like Batman should never be a CG, CG character, ever. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that it takes away from what Batman is. So when you saw Ben Affleck, Batfleck, whatever, um, you know, grappling himself and pulling himself from wall to wall, uh, like up on the rooftop and stuff, I was like, oh, I saw that in the trailer and I wanted to vomit. Like I never ever want to see Batman move that fast. That is not who Batman is. Yeah, I know. So, so here it's like, uh, when, when you go when you go full full CG fighting, okay, Wonder Woman, I can get it. She is, you know, she has these crazy skills. And a cat, you ever see a cat jump around when they're, yeah. you know, you know, not sick like mine right here? Um, you know, they're they're quick. So I'm like, okay, I can see all of this being somewhat of, you know, a reality based on what's going on here. But Batman, ugh, Snyder. Anyway, um, well, was it Snyder? No, who actually directed? Oh, no, no, I'm getting them confused. Anyway, yes. So yeah. everything has a price. Again, you know, the big truth behind it, everything has a price. That's the point. The truth is enough and it's beautiful. You know, so, she's fighting she's fighting this Catwoman, right? And as you were stating, they're getting into this fight and she is just tearing the armor apart. Rips off the wings and the everything. The wings are done. Wings are done, and I'm like, oh, those are the coolest part. Actually, that was the was the only functional part. If you think about it, it was just to cover her. Pretty much. But what's that going to do? It's gonna it's gonna protect against hits against a cat lady. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's funny when you say cat lady instead of cat woman, but um, yeah, it's protecting against hits against a cat lady. And again, your question was, all these men, you know, were coming gonna, after this I'm gonna armor go before, ahead. but. I'm going to go ahead and walk that back because you did make you yeah. know the comment earlier that you and your wife were watching this and she said, yeah, they were moral men. I'm, so mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to forgive that one because, yeah, I mean, she I mean, let's talk about, well, her final wish, because, you know, Max was feeling generous, was she wanted to become mm-hmm. the ultimate apex predator. So, oh, OK, my God, yeah, <laughs> she she can do that. Um, Another. Because she's a cat, another Batman reference when she's <laughs> swinging on the uh, the power cord brought me right back oh, to know. the ending of uh, I know of, of Batman Returns. Batman Returns, yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was. That. that I mean, was and, good. and then it was electric. It was electrocution, is what you know. In the mm-hmm. end, took her out too. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, interesting. Well, you know, not really because never mind. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have their fight, and like you said, it's the most CG Cirque du Soleil trapeze act that's I've ever seen in a superhero movie. This was mm-hmm. this was over the top, way over yep. the top. I thought, it, oh yeah, this could have been done a little bit more practical, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But you know, could it's, have. it's whatever at this point. It's whatever. It's done. Uh, yep. She she, I thought she was dead. Like when yeah, she's I thought being, so too. When she's being held on the water and she's being electrocuted at the same time and drowning, I'm like, is she, I thought she was dead. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I figured that was it. But then you know she brings her out of the water and she's very clearly alive. Right. Yeah. So the final scene with Max. Mm-hmm. Everybody around the world just making wishes, which is creating mm-hmm. a tornado inside of this room that Max is in for some reason. Right. It's it, it, <laughs> power of wishes. <laughs> the power of wishes is creating a, a tornado effect in this room that's surrounding Max and protecting him from Diana and her lasso. That's uh, okay. We go from Aries <laughs> to to a guy who grants wishes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, not every not every villain can be a villain from the MCU, man. I I, I know. In even there were even some MCU villains that were a little bit more ridiculous than this. Uh-huh. So, yep. you know, whatever. Um I don't is she speak So there's a point where, you know, Diana makes this great long speech about the 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 truth being beautiful and the world used to be a beautiful mm-hmm. place and she's going through all that and it's pulling at the heartstrings. I for the longest time I thought is she talking to Max? Is she talking into the camera that she knocked over? No, she's speaking to mm-hmm. everybody through her lasso because you cut right. to a bunch of scenes of of the world and it's just all the TVs are aglow. Yeah, that was cool. It was it was it was cool. I questioned it a little bit i was like how is this whatever it's the lasso it's magic i'm gonna let it go and i just took it for what it was and i did i did think it was really cool um and then you know the movie ends when max first for some reason he sees his son he renounces Mm -hmm. his wish and then i guess the world go back goes back to normal when he renounced his wish, didn't he say it like really quick, like I renounced my wish, and then ran off? Pretty much. Wasn't it like really goofy? <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah. here's here's a little thing at the end of this movie that I, I'm confused about. Maybe you can help me. Maybe maybe you can. Mm. I, I doubt that you're going to have an answer. Mm. He renounces his wish, right? Yes. Uh-huh. That means everything that he did for himself should be undone. Correct. You would think so. There is a military, you know. Uh, Secret Service, whatever, White House helicopter that drops him off into the middle of nowhere. Why hmm. did it do that if he renounced his wish? I have no idea. Why are they? Why, why would you know the military still be helping him if he renounced his wish? He has no pull anymore, or at least he shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Of course, it's a good point. It's a good point. No idea. Just a thing. Um. The visuals of yep. the bombs going or or being launched off in Russia. Mm. I I, mm. I know you don't like the movie, but very Terminator Three. <laughs> yeah, no, completely, <laughs> completely Terminator Three. That's all I thought. It was a great visual. 
Oh, yeah. It was a great visual by the end of this thing. I, the, the way that this movie culminated into this scene, into everything just being chaotic and the bombs going off and Max losing his mind and he just wants to be with the sun and everything, it, it climaxed mm. very well for me. I thought that everything came together oh, yeah. very neatly, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So that's and that's that's basically it. Right. Yes. So it everything, was funny because so when I first watched it, I, I I had to I had to sleep on it. I felt better about it the next day. Okay. When I first finished it, I was kind of like, well, hmm. And I saw a meme that, <laughs> that I think I sent you that was great. And it was, um, it, it said everybody after um, getting HBO Max just to watch Wonder Woman 84. And it just showed Pe- Pedro Pascal and he's saying, I've renounced my wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I was like, and that's kind of how I felt when I first watched it. I'm just like, yeah, I renounced my wish. <laughs> You could take that back. But no, in reality, it was not bad. It was not horrible. It had truth behind it. And, I mean, if there's no truth, if there's no lesson, if there's nothing that's going to come out of it that's going to lift up something or make people realize there's a good moral to it, what's the point of, of taking it in? You know, what's the point of watching it? If, mm-hmm. there's, if there's no point, what's the point? I guess that's the easiest way to say it. If there's no point, what is the point? I mean, if I really wanted to watch... I mean... Okay, I'm thinking about stuff like, you know, um, watch uh, the show Cops. Ooh, that's, a, that's an issue we don't talk about anymore. They don't, they don't play Cops anymore. But um, what do you learn when you watch Cops? You're like, oh, nothing. No, you do. You learn to obey the law. <laughs> and if the cops are coming, just, you know, okay, don't run because this will happen to you. You get attacked by a dog and you'll be hanging by your underwear on a fence. You know, that's okay. You, you learn things. Everything teaches you something. Don't do that. Okay. If all I get from it is don't do that, that's a good lesson. I'll take it. Here, it's, you know, there's a truth, there's a destiny, there's a purpose, there's a reason that you were created, there's a reason you exist, and, you know, if you try to go against that and do things that are selfish, you could be giving up something huge that could affect a lot in your life and those around you. So, that was her big lesson, and a big lesson that I think... Um, does hold a lot of truth just mm-hmm. in life. So, Agreed. Um, in the end, I don't think this movie was bad. I don't think it was great yeah. either. I don't think it was good. I don't think it was bad. I'm kind of in between. I'm meh. You know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. I can, I, I'm not going to watch this again. I can take it or leave it. I much prefer the, the, the first Wonder Woman movie. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to talk about that sometime. But as yeah. far as this goes, I was, I'm still on the side that DC... Man, they got some work to do if they want to. If they want to, uh, I'm blanking. If they if they want their universe to be any kind of significance, they have a lot of work to do. And I do think that they're on the right track. Even if this movie well, fell apart it, in some places, it's still being on the right track. They're doing a lot of groundwork for this Wonder Woman character, which I think is the smart move. Even if mm-hmm. this movie doesn't work for some people, you do have to appreciate that. And you have to say, you know what? DC is moving in the right direction. They have these two films. They have, you know, they have the Aquaman movie. They're going to be doing a couple of different Batman movies. But all in all, I I, I said a few years ago when they were, you know, doing Batman v Superman and then they had Justice League. I said a few years ago that I really wish that they would slow down and really flesh these characters out. And we're getting that now, so I can't complain because right. I'm getting exactly what right. I wanted to. 
Um, that right. being said, this was this was a good effort. I don't think it deserves a lot of the hate that it is getting out there because it's getting a lot of hate mm. for some oh, of the really reasons that oh. you know you and I both pointed out. Um, but all in all, you know, it was a good time. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was in between. Meh, meh. Yeah. That's my I rating. Think I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say a little bit more than meh for me. Okay. Just because I, I, I really appreciated the message. That was my big thing is that the message was actually, it was actually truth. And I really did appreciate that. So overall, as a movie, it has its flaws, just like any movie. Again, it's made by man. Man's fallible. Man, you know, we screw up. <laughs> and, um, but in reality, it's, it's not bad. It has a good message. And yeah. And as far as DC as a whole, I think that they're really putting a lot of effort into their new Flash movie. Because once you start working Flashpoint and um, different universes, different worlds, um, Earths rather, it's different Earths. Once you start moving the different Earths in there and having different Batmen, um, you know, working in Michael Keaton, like they've been saying, and you know, when they already had their crossover event when they were doing Crisis on Infinite Earths in the CW um, Arrowverse where they had the Ezra Miller's Flash show up in there. Actually, I did, that just popped up again today, and I watched it, and it, it was brilliantly done the way that they did it. And it's open, it just opened up a huge, um, a, a huge opportunity for them to really branch out in different directions and be a lot less limited. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and this, is, this is, it could be their leg up on the MCU because of how they can tell stories now that there are different Earths different realities because they won't be as limited so um i'm hoping that they they take it and they and they take it seriously and they don't botch the flash now i'm i'm not a huge uh, you know this like as far as dc goes i love batman that's as far as i really go with dc um batman and spider-man are probably my favorite when i'm just looking at like comics and cartoons and whatever animated stuff but um video games especially um, I love the Arkham series. I love a lot of the Spider-Man games I've played, um, starting with Spider-Man 2 for PS2. That game was just great. It was basically Grand Theft Auto, but you're Spider-Man. It was, it was awesome. Um, first, like, open-world, like, superhero movie like that that worked, or superhero game that worked. Because we all know that Superman 64 was garbage, and I do own that. And I turned it on a few months ago and turned it off about a minute and a half into it. Um, anyway, big long run, but my point is I, I really hope that DC gets their stuff together when they're doing the flash, because mm-hmm. I think, I think they can do a lot with it if they do it right. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful. So that so am was I. that. So am I. I'm hopeful too. I mean, yeah. a broken clock is, is wrong twice a day or right twice a day, right? Pretty so. much. Pretty much. <laughs> they they got to get some things really right. No, I'm with you on that one. I hope they do Flash right. I hope they get that one right. I hope whatever Batman is going to be coming down into the future, I hope they get that right. I've heard the Michael Keaton rumors, and at this point, I mm. still think they're rumors that has not been mm. confirmed or denied. That was, um, mm. it was actually like a week or two ago. That was just a tweet that was taken out of context. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I don't, we I'm see. not on board with that. I don't think we need to see a 65, 70-year-old Michael Keaton playing Batman in 2021 or 22 or whenever that movie is going to be coming out. If well, Michael no, Keaton... he wouldn't be playing Batman per se. It would be more like he's Bruce Wayne, which would make more sense. I, I'm not on board with that one either. If he's going to make a cameo... Because they're talking about it being more like a... Um, 
I don't know if it's just a Flash or some other stuff that they were talking about, but more like a Batman Beyond type thing where he's training a new Batman. Huh. Mm. And that's where it could totally work. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying, Bird Birdman didn't cut it for me. We need to see we really need to see him play Batman. <laughs> so well, I'm you saying didn't it didn't, like, it didn't fulf- it, you didn't. No, like I did. Birdman? I'm just saying, I did, but it was not a superhero movie. No, of course not. It was not. not Batman. I know, but that's my point. I'm just it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we're done. We've been doing this for yes. about an hour and forty five minutes now. Uh, that's gonna wow. wrap it up for uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. We, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good talk. Yep. How do you ask me go? Have a good one, everybody.